Good morning, City Based Church. I trust this message finds you well. Today, I wanted to speak on taking aim. In archery and sports like that, taking aim is a deliberate and decisive action to focus in on the target so that you've got a good chance of hitting the mark. And similarly, as followers of Christ, men and women who desire to lead ourselves well, to conduct our lives in a manner that is worthy of the gospel, I believe it is of utmost importance that we keep our eyes on Jesus, that we focus in on Him, that we look to Him. When the Bible speaks of looking to the Lord, it's, it's meaning that we put our trust and our confidence in Him. Because that's where our help comes from. So today I wanted to speak on three points regarding keeping our focus on Jesus. One of them is a warning and two are encouragements. Let's get straight into it. Point number one, don't buy the lie. Whilst we live in this world, we will face temptations and trials of many kinds. There will be many things that will try and distract us and entice us away from keeping our focus on Jesus. And Paul expresses this well in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3 when he says, But I am afraid, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The enemy, Satan, would like nothing more than to distract us and to lead us astray from a simple and pure devotion to Jesus. And in James verse 1, it describes this process well, how it starts off with temptation. And temptation in itself is not sin. But when we give in to those evil desires, then it's sin. When we give in to it. And sin eventually leads to death which is very sobering and sin really can promise a lot. It can be enticing, but in the end it leads to death and hurt and pain and brokenness. And I remember once a pastor made an illustration. He was busy preaching and he held out his wallet and he said, who here would be willing to exchange their cash with me? Whatever's in my wallet, you can have and whatever's in yours, I can have. And he asked a few people, are you willing, are you willing, are you willing? And eventually somebody said, yes, I am. And he opened up his wallet and he, there was nothing inside. And the person, they had $120. So he said he took the $120 to make a point. But the point there was that sin promises much, but in the end it just leads to emptiness. The word for sin in James is missing the mark. But there's more, there's more to it than just missing the mark. You see, the reason there's a missing of the mark is because we've taken our eyes off the target. We've been led astray. We've taken our eyes off Jesus. And that's why we've missed the mark. And that's what grieves the Lord so much. That we would lose focus of Him. That we would forget about Him and be enticed by something else. And if I can put it plainly, choose something over him you see the sin in itself is not just an isolated incident but but what i believe really grieves the lord is that we would choose something over him 
And Jeremiah 2 really illustrates this well. If you, if you look at Jeremiah 2 and read through that, the Lord really shares something of His heart and how His heart is broken because of the way that His people are treating Him. And we can see in Jeremiah 2 that the Lord is all about relationship. You see, this Bible is not just about do this, do that, do this, do that. It's a relationship between God and man. It's a relationship that He has made possible by sending His Son to die for our sins. And in, in Jeremiah 2, you see something of His heart. And I just want to read a few scriptures which illustrate this. In uh, verses 2 and 3. The Lord is saying to His chosen people, I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of His harvest. And the Lord goes on to explain how He protected His people, how He looked after them. How you can hear something of how he misses that devotion of their youth, but something changed. And in verse 5, this is what the Lord says What fault did your fathers find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. And he goes on to say, Did you not remember that I brought you out of slavery, that I provided for you? In the desert that I looked after you, I protected you from your enemies. How could it be that you forgot me so quickly? And finally, in verse 12, it says this, the Lord says this, Be appalled at this, O heavens. It's almost as if the Lord is saying it to all, all the angels. And shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And so this is perplexing for the Lord. His people have committed two sins. They have forsaken Him. And in their pride and independence now, they're digging their own holes to try and contain life. But these holes have got cracks. And it's as if as soon as you pour water into these holes, it just seeps away. It can't hold any life. They've forsaken the spring of life for these cracked, empty cisterns. It doesn't make any sense at all. And yet, when we choose sin over the Lord, that's exactly what we're doing. We're choosing something which will bring no life at all and forsaking the Lord. It's crazy stuff. Don't buy the lie. And in James 1 verse 16, towards the end of that passage, it says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. The, the word says that he who has the Son has life. He who, has the, he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's very simple. Don't buy the lie of the enemy. Let us not choose anything over the Lord. And the goal of this, of course, is not just not to sin, not to flee from sin for the rest of our lives. Although sometimes we really do need to flee. But the goal of this command, as it says in Timothy, is love. The goal, the greatest commandment, commandment sorry, is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, 
mind, strength, and soul. If we are captivated by Jesus and if we keep our eyes on Him, then we will overcome and we will not have to give in to these temptations. Don't buy the lie. For some of us, there may be things trying to draw us away right now. And for others, there may be things between you and the Lord today. And I want to encourage you. Resist and repent. Repentance is a beautiful thing. Repentance makes straight the way for the Lord. And when we repent and turn away from these things, acknowledge, Lord, I was focusing there. I was distracted. I was enticed. But Lord, I want to look back to you. I'm turning my eyes back to you. I'm focusing on you. It's a beautiful thing. The Bible says, repent then and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And I want to encourage us today. Let's not choose anything over Him. Let's turn back to Him with all of our hearts. Point number two. Excuse me. Do not throw away your confidence. Our confidence should not come from what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we smell, or any of our circumstances. Our confidence should come from our position in Christ. That we are in Christ and that Christ is in us. That we belong to Him. That's where our confidence should come from. And for me to be honest, even in the life of the church, we've had quite a lot of bad news lately. And, and of course, I'm very grateful for the answered prayer. There have been quite a few answered prayers lately. I don't know if you've noticed, and thank you, Lord, for that. But there has been some bad news. There have been friends, there have been members of our church family that have passed away. I've heard of retrenchments and job losses. And in challenging times like this, it can be easy to lose our confidence. But in the midst of this, I feel like the Lord is wanting to encourage us to take courage, to be the people He's called us to be. And as the Bible declares, we are not those who shrink back, but those who believe and are saved. So let's not throw away our confidence in Him. Let's continue to believe. It will, our faith will be richly rewarded. And of course in life, coming back to that, the, the reality is we will face disappointments. There will be some knocks that we take. But it's, it's very important that we, we remain grounded in the word and don't despair. And uh, I love the testimony of a, a man called Dan Mola. And he just shared the testimony once of how he would often pray for people and trust God to heal people. And we know that the Bible says that our God is the God who forgives our sins and heals all our diseases. He is amazing. And Dan saw many miracles. And he just testified how his mom got sick. And his mom was an amazing woman of God. And he prayed for her many, many times. But in the end, she passed away. And she, she finished the race strong. She actually had such a, she suffered well and gave so much glory to Jesus that many of the doctors and nurses actually attended her funeral. But, 
But he said, to be honest, he did have questions. He said, why, Lord? I did pray. And in the end, he, he said he had to realize that he won't always understand why these things happen. God is God and we are not. That's, that's not a cop-out. It's just a reality that because we are not God, there will always be some mystery. We won't always understand everything. We won't understand the perfect, sovereign plan of God. We won't understand everything that happens. But what I love about this testimony is he didn't stop praying for people. And he said something very significant. He said, I could not allow my experience and my disappointment to determine my theology, what I believe. What I need to do and what all of us need to do is for the Bible and the promises of God to determine, allow that to determine what we believe. And so he determined in his heart that he would continue to pray for people, to minister to people, to reach out to people. And he's seen God work many times since then. And so I'm so glad he didn't throw in the towel. And church, I want to say to us, let's not let that disappointment take root. If there is disappointment, um, let's not throw away our confidence. Let's keep trusting the Lord with a childlike faith. Let's keep coming back to His promises and believing Him at His word, even if we don't always understand why things happen. We won't always understand why, but we know that He is good and He is faithful. Psalm 112 verse 6 says this. This is such a victorious psalm. It says, Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. And I just love the victory that there, is, that there is in that passage. Sorry, I'm bumping the phone. And I love that part about he will have no fear of bad news. And how many times do we worry about things that haven't even happened yet? And I just love that thing of trusting in the Lord. Our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. And as we trust in Him, we will not have to fear. And a man called Peter Rasmussen said this, he said, Not a day can be added or subtracted from my life without God knowing about it. And that makes me brave. And let's also lay hold of that. We should know that our lives are in His hands. We don't have anything to fear. Nothing takes the Lord by surprise. The Lord makes us brave and confident. In 2 Corinthians 3 verse 4 it says such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves but our competence comes from God he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant not of a letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives life and I love how it speaks there that the Holy Spirit makes us competent. He is the one that gives us confidence and makes us competent. You see, the world preaches self-confidence and bravado, but that 
can only get us so far. And actually self-confidence is a shabby imitator of the, the confidence, the kind of confidence that God can give us and the confidence that we can have Him. And, and I've realized this during the hospital ministry where I've stood before somebody who is in desperate need of help, who is in desperate need of healing, and they're crying out. You can see that they are desperate for a touch from God. And I've stood before them and I've just said that sober realization that there is nothing that I can do for this person in my strength. There's nothing that I can do for them. But with God, all things, all things are possible and He is our hope and He can touch these people. There's nothing that I can do in my strength there, but Christ, with Christ, there is always hope. And so we need to know that our confidence comes from Him. Psalm 147 verse 10 says, His pleasure, the Lord, is not in the strength of the horse, nor His delight in the legs of a man. I know that sounds quite weird, the legs of a man, but it's speaking of the power of a man. It doesn't impress the Lord. The Lord delights in those who fear Him, who put their hope in His unfailing love. What impresses the Lord is when we trust in Him and place our confidence in Him. And so what I need to do, and what I encourage us to do, is to get our eyes off ourselves. Not to be preoccupied with ourselves. To get our eyes off these big waves that are crashing around us. All the bad news. I don't know how it is for you, but... Just checking on Facebook and watching the news sometimes, it can seem overwhelming, all the bad news in the world at the moment. But it's important to, to take note of these things, but to, to keep our eyes on Jesus and look to Him and place our confidence in Him. Lerato sent me this scripture recently. Psalm 18 verse 29. And it's speaking of David, the kind of confidence that David had in the Lord. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. And it was actually quite funny because we've been playing tennis lately. And my coach said to me once, if you ever want to play tennis and I'm not here, just hop over the wall. But the years have been going on a bit and so it's, it's getting harder and harder for us <laughs> to jump over that wall. And we have to kind of help each other over that wall. And then Lerato sent me that scripture, with our God we can scale a wall. It's funny at the time, but of course that scripture is talking about a lot more than just physical boundaries. It's talking about how with our God we can have confidence to, faith, to face sorry, any obstruction in this life. With our God we can have confidence to overcome, not because of what we can do, but because of who he, who he is and the competence which He can give to us. A wonderful example of this confidence is in Acts chapter 3. And my wife shared this with me. I wanted to take team with her because this was her revelation, but I couldn't uh, twist her arm, but maybe next time. But in Acts chapter 3, probably heard this a few times but but let me just give us a recap peter and and john are on their way to pray and at the temple and on the way there at the temple gate called beautiful 
there's a man begging for money a man that has been paralyzed since he was born and this man is calling out for help and Peter sees him and gets his attention and I think the man thought he was about to receive money but Peter says this to him he says silver or gold I do not have but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk and they help the man up but he is healed by God paralyzed since he was born but now he can stand and soon after that he walks and this is an amazing miracle that the Lord does and it's significant for me that Peter didn't use the currency at the time he didn't say these coins or notes we don't have he he took the, some of the most precious resources of this world and for me it's significant because the most precious resources even the most precious resources of this world can in many cases only bring temporary relief for that man it would have maybe meant that he can get some food he can get some help for the day but that is nothing compared to what jesus can do through us christ in us is the hope of glory and jesus healed this man and saved him for eternity i believe his life was transformed forever from that moment and so let us never underestimate what christ in us can do silver or gold we don't have but what we do have our faith in christ we give to you and i just love what happens after this because peter really demonstrates humility and he gives all the glory to jesus um, there was a big stirring in the crowd uh, a big crowd gathered because this was an undeniable miracle many people knew this man they'd seen him there many times and there were a lot of questions and eventually peter speaks up and he says this he says men of israel why does this surprise you why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man to walk the god of abraham isaac isaac and jacob the god of our fathers has glorified his servant jesus and then finally in verse 16 he says by faith in the name of jesus this man whom you see and know was made strong it is jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him as you can all see and i just love that the way that he gives all the glory to jesus there's no shadow of a doubt there he's not claiming any responsibility for the miracle himself but he's pointing to jesus and he's he's declaring that it was it is this was done by jesus and for his glory and it says after this that many put their faith in jesus and many people were added to the number and just to finish off with this point i want to say let us never underestimate what the lord can do through us this is a reason to have great confidence that christ is in us he can do amazing things through us point number three let's stay true to the mission and this is a very short point but very important for me and I just want to say let us stay focused on that which the lord has called us to 
perhaps it's easy in times like this to get a bit introspective and to sort of hold on to what we have but we know that the Lord is always reaching out and so it's important for us to have an outward focus remembering that he's called us to make disciples and to reach those that are lost and I'd like to just share a short testimony of something that happened about two weeks ago I don't want to embarrass Debbie but I really admire the way that Debbie is outward focused and mindful of the lost and there was a lady who stayed I don't want to give too many personal details but there was a lady and a family actually who stays quite close to Debbie and they were going through a, a troubling time and they reached out to Debbie knowing that she's a believer and Debbie had the opportunity to minister to this family and Debbie did a very good job of sharing the gospel, of reaching out, of explaining how, how willing God is to help, but it's important to, to submit to Him as God. And to cut kind of a story short, eventually Debbie um, gave me a call and asked if I would also come and pray and speak with the mom of this family. And so it was such a privilege for me to go to this home and to speak with this person and Debbie had often had obviously done quite a bit of groundwork in, ex, in explaining things uh, to this lady and I was I was just so happy because there was a point where the lady just said I want to give my life to Jesus and Debbie asked if if we could pray together and we prayed and it was just such a privilege to me to to do this and two things really struck me during this time while we were praying the first one was the joy of the Lord I was reminded of that scripture that speaks of how all of heaven rejoices when just one lost sheep comes back to the Lord and I just really sense something of the joy of our father that his daughter was returning home to him and that was amazing to be a part of it I just felt so privileged to be there and the second thing that really struck me was that just how and how I'd almost forgotten it is how the harvest is truly ripe. And this person was just so eager and keen to give their life to Christ. And may we never forget that there are many people, many people out there that they don't know what it is to receive the forgiveness of God, to receive forgiveness for their sins. There are many people who don't know the love of the Father and what it is like to have a new identity as a son or daughter of God. There are many st still who don't know how God can heal them on the inside and on the outside. There are many who don't know the unconditional and perfect love of God. And so with that in mind, friends, let us be determined to be outward focused always making the most of every opportunity uh, there are many people to be reached in this time I was challenged it's easy to make excuses it's easy to to say well I can't do this and I can't do that but let's be creative let's ask the Lord let's trust him for opportunities there are many people to be reached out there and we have such good news to share May I ask this question, and, and please don't be judged by this. I'm challenging myself with this question. But may I ask us, how, how outward focused are we? Who are we discipling? Who are we reaching out to? And this is not about performance at all, but it's just a reminder to 
for us to please be outward focused. So those are the three points. And in conclusion, I'd just like to recap. Number one, let's not buy the lie. Let's make sure we don't choose anything over the Lord. He is better. He is worthy. He is worthy of our best. Let's make sure there's nothing between us and Jesus. If need be, let's repent and let's return to, to giving Him our all. Point number two, let's not throw away our confidence. Let's trust the Lord in this time. Let's put our trust in Him. Let's continue to look to Him. Let's come back to His Word and see what His Word says and believe in His promises. Let's not shrink back, church. Now is the time. We've been hearing it a lot lately. This is the, this is the time for the church to rise up. And lastly, let's be outward focused. Our Father is longing to reach out to many. Let's be a part of that. What a privilege. Can I pray for us? Father, I want to pray for your precious people right now. I want to thank you, Lord, for your word. I want to thank you, Lord, as your word says in Jeremiah 32, 39. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me for their own good and the good of their children after them. And Father, I want to pray for that singleness of heart and mind for your people. I want to pray, would you do that in our hearts, Lord? Help us to remain focused on you. Father, I want to thank you that even if the waves are crashing over on every side, that Lord, we would keep our eyes on you. Father, I thank you that we wouldn't be intimidated by the enemy. We wouldn't be fearful of the news that we hear. But I thank you, Lord, for the peace that you give us as we keep our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. I want to thank you, Lord, that we would be a people of confidence, a people that say, with my God, I can scale this wall. With my God, I can overcome this thing. Father, I want to pray for us that no matter what season of our lives that we're in, what area we find ourselves in, whether it's school, the business world, uh, wherever it is, Lord, I pray that we would be overcomers in Christ. I pray that we would be those who do not shrink back, but believe in you. And Father, I want to pray. I want to ask you, Lord, give us opportunities to reach those who don't know you yet. I want to thank you, Lord, that we would share your love and your truth wherever we go. I want to thank you, Lord, that many many sons and daughters would come back to you in jesus name and friends i'm just thinking of something that i heard recently where where somebody said um, of course giving our lives to god is not about just praying shooting up a prayer and putting up your hand once off it's it's denying ourselves picking up our crosses and following jesus and I want to pray for anybody who wants to do that today. If you are listening to this or watching this and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you want to repent, turn away from your sin, turn away from those things that are bringing destruction in your life, that are hurting other people that you know are wrong. I want to pray with you today. And, and it's, it's such a wonderful thing to give our lives to, to the Father. So please pray with me if that's you and, and pray in your own words there's no formula here 
It's about putting your faith in Jesus Christ who died the death that we were supposed to die. He took our place. We were guilty because of our sin, but Jesus Christ took our place and died the death that we were supposed to die. And he was also raised to life by the Father so that by believing in Jesus, we are forgiven of our sins and also raised to new life. We, we are given new life in Christ. Uh, please pray with me if that is you today. Father, we want to repent of our sins. We want to repent of anything that we have done or we are doing that is grieving you, Lord. We want to turn to you in faith, Father. And we want to give our lives to you. We want to declare that you are our Lord and our Savior. Father, please show it is. Show us what it is to follow you and to live for you. And I encourage you, if you, if you made that decision today, get in touch with someone who you know is a believer. You, can, you are very welcome to get in touch with us. We would love to walk a road with you. But get in touch with somebody. Tell them about your decision. And this is a journey, a journey of following Christ. God bless you, friends. I trust that this word was encouraging. And I really pray God's blessing over you. God bless you and keep you. Amen.